father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. The Championship Vision Podcast is about coaches impacting coaches. We believe that coach mentoring is an essential part of coaches getting better at their craft in our profession. We bring in the best high school basketball coaches in the country to share their vision on what it takes to run a successful basketball program. So stay tuned for another edition of the Championship Vision Podcast with your host, Coach Kevin Furtado, the head girls basketball coach at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Coaches, welcome to the uh, Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 257. Today we'll coach Jamie Parrish. Jamie Parrish is in his ninth season with the Sioux Falls Washington Warriors girls basketball program from 2013 to the current date. He teaches physical education at Hawthorne Elementary School in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Coach Parrish brings a variety of experiences to Washington. As a head coach, Parrish stops in uh, Vermilion 2003-2009 and Centerville 2010-2012 in South Dakota. Most recently at Centerville, he was the athletic director, physical education teacher, and girls basketball coach. As a head coach, he was fortunate to coach teams in four state tournaments, including a state championship with the Vermilion girls in 2007. During that stretch, he was named the South Dakota High School Coaches Association Regional Coach of the Year in 2005, 7, and 11, the Region 4A Coach of the Year in 2005 and 2006, and was honored with coaching duties in the South Dakota High School Athletic Association All-Star Games in Aberdeen on two separate occasions. Today, Coach is going to talk about the Lady Warrior system. I think you're really going to be excited and learn a lot about what a great program he has out there in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Coaches, welcome to the uh, championship podcast, 257. Jamie, so you know I have nothing better to do than, except to, to speak with great coaches like yourself. We travel the country here, so now we're in South Dakota with uh, Coach Jamie Parrish. He's the head girls basketball coach at um, Sioux Falls Washington High School. Did I say that correctly? That is correct. Okay, not just Washington, Sioux Falls, Washington High School, one of the best girls programs in the state of South Dakota, probably probably in the West Coast there, maybe even in the country. You've had some great teams there. Coach, a, a, again, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Tell us a little bit about how you kind of got into coaching, a little bit about yourself. Um, I grew up in uh, Yankton, South Dakota, and uh, I'm not going to try to give you the geography because I know uh, some people don't even know where South Dakota is right now. But uh, small town, and I was really fortunate in high school. Um, uh, the people I was around, even though I, I didn't uh, do a lot of great things as an athlete, um, our girls basketball coach that retired is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, two of my football coaches are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, wow. One of the track coaches are in the State Hall of Fame. So I was around, um, I was around great people. And uh, even though that didn't translate for me personally, I got to see how, how people did things. I got to see how they ran their programs, how they dealt with kids. And uh, that had a big impact on me. Um, once I was done with high school, I started working at, uh, it was called Bob Winter Basketball Camp. And that was back in the days of kind of the five star. And uh, when the individual camps were real popular. And um, that was kind of my first taste of it. I got to coach some kids. I got to be around a lot of really good coaches and learn some things. And uh, that's kind of where I got started was, you know, that freshman year of college. Uh, from there, I went on to Augustana College in Sioux Falls, graduated with my uh, teaching degree. And then I kind of bounced around a little bit. My first teaching job was uh, way out in the Black Hills, about an hour away from Mount Rushmore. It's called Hot Springs. 
And there I was lucky enough to uh, coach a little bit of middle school basketball, some middle school football. I uh, had an opportunity to be the assistant boys basketball for a couple of years. Then in a, uh, in a shrinking school district, there was talk about some people uh, losing their positions. And since I was the last guy hired, I knew I was going to be the first to go. So I started looking around. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I ended up doing for a year is uh, I moved back to Yankton. There's a small NAIA college there uh, called Mount Marty. And uh, we was kind of a gym rat. We'd sneak in the back doors and shoot at Mount Marty when we were kids. So uh, I spent a year there coaching um, one of the assistants with the women's basketball team with Chuck Iverson and right. kind of did some odd jobs uh, while I was in that process. And then only a year later, uh, because of my uh, experience there, I ended up at the University of South Dakota with an actual grad assistant position nice. where I could start working on a degree. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I kind of feel like as I'm talking with people all across the country, there's that country song. I know uh, there's a lot of famous people that uh, that you don't know that I know or however that uh, right. it's a country. That's not my thing. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I ended up working with Chad Lavin and uh, in the South Dakota and the Midwest, outstanding coach, Hall of Fame guy uh, at USD, had the opportunity to work with him. Uh, from there, it gave me an opportunity to go to Vermilion High School. That was my first head coaching position. Uh, spent about seven years there. And just in comparison at Vermilion, they would graduate about 100 kids a year, just so that kind of gives you an idea on a school size. Mm -hmm. um, after my stretch at Vermilion, I was kind of trying to decide, am I going to coach? Am I going to go into administration? Am I going to teach? So I had an opportunity to go to a really small school where I could do all of it. And, uh, you know, I didn't have to get out of coaching and I could work on that degree. So I went to Centerville. And uh, Centerville, I think, graduated 19 kids uh, the last year I was there. So, you know, very, very small school setting. Um, when I explain that to the kids uh, where I teach now, you know, I, I teach a class of 38 kids in gym class. And uh, I said, yeah, there was 19 in the graduating class. And that, that just blows their mind. They don't get that. Yeah. But um, spent three years there. And also during that time, I had met my wife and we were going to get married. And... Um, just a better career opportunity. I did something really unique that a lot of head coaches don't get to do. Um, we moved to Sioux Falls and I became the sophomore boys basketball coach for two years uh, here at Sioux Falls, Washington. You know, and at Washington, we can graduate between, uh, gosh, four and 500 kids a year. So a huge school that I'd never been a part of. Um, the diversity here, we're about uh, 50% um, Caucasian, 50% minority. Uh, and in South Dakota, that's unheard of. So very diverse. But um, that two years on the boys staff really gave me a unique opportunity to, um, I had done things and now I could sit back and say, okay, why did I do that? Um, and then I could work with our boys coach, Craig. Um, you know, Craig does it this way, you know, I wasn't looking for right or wrong, but I was looking for what fits me. What's, you know, if I, if I get back into this and try a head coaching position, what am I going to do the same? What am I going to do different? And uh, it was awesome. It was a great opportunity. So I did two years with Craig and then uh, the head girls basketball position <laughs> in Washington came available and uh, jumped right in and uh, I've loved it. It's the uh, best place I've been. And, you know, coaching wise, the diversity we love, uh, it's so unique that yeah, you just won't see this any other place in the Midwest where you have that many people uh, speaking different languages and uh, different income levels. And, uh, you know, along with that, I've been fortunate to be around some really good coaches and uh, I've had a little bit of success as well. Yeah. Um, and you've been at coaches, you've been at three different schools, three different levels. How has that helped you where you are now? Is, is that, and you mentioned diversity and so forth. Um, how has that helped you as a coach and so forth? Because I know I've been at a lot of schools myself. I feel like that's a big advantage. I can work in a small school, big school, but how, how does that help you as a coach? You know, you get to see so many things. Um, one example, uh, I was talking with Jeff Tobin, our boys coach, and uh, when you say it, it sounds like it should be the other way. But at a small school, um, I could be much more complex offensively. 
and we could have more out of bounds plays. And it doesn't seem like that. It seems like at the small school that you wouldn't have the same talent. But I told him, I said, you know, the difference is that talented eighth grader is on the varsity with me. Right. right. You know, that freshman kid, you know, I'm going to coach some of those kids for four to five years where here with, you know, more athletes, you got to be pretty special to be on the varsity as a freshman. And, you know, it's, it's even difficult as a sophomore to contribute on the varsity. So you just don't coach the kids for that same amount of time. And you can't say, Hey, remember that game against uh, Harrisburg uh, because they don't have that memory. They didn't have that experience. Yeah, that's interesting perspective on that. Why? Why is where is your where is your school located? Because uh, how do you all get all the diversity and so forth? Is it a city school? Uh, tell us a little bit about the school. Yeah, Sioux Falls uh, has four public high schools. We just opened up our fourth public high school last year, uh, or this year is brand new. Um, and then we have two private schools. And then in our metro area, there's two more schools that are our size, Harrisburg and Brandon Valley. Um, we are in the northeast part of town, which um, I guess for I, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but there's a lot more apartments. There's a lot more uh, low income. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the northeast part of town just has that uh, that niche. Of, for sure. You know, we, we have those types of kids. But our school boundary also goes far enough south that there's a lot of new homes. There's a lot of, uh, you know, people who work in the medical industry. So we have we have just that mix. Um, The other thing that we have is uh, Washington was the original Sioux Falls High School. So we also have families, even though they may live in a different part of town that want their kids to go to Washington. And, you know, we have a history that um, nobody else in the city has, you know, a uh, hundred and I'm going to give you the wrong numbers. So I'll just say more than a hundred, but uh, you know, that history that the other buildings don't have. And that also brings uh, people our direction as well. And it sounds like to me, a great high school to grow up in because uh, I know a lot of schools nowadays, particularly the private schools. And I've, I heard some great things about, I guess, Sioux Falls Christian. It might, it might be that's out there. I heard they got a really good program as well. But the, the one thing it sounds like with your high school is that diversity to me is life. I mean, it, it teaches the kids, hey, you know, I might, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn different cultures. I'm gonna learn different types of people. Um, that's an advantage for life, right, at your school. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's maybe one of the best things. You know, take the coaching away. Um, it would be hard for me to leave this building. You know, our kids accept other cultures. They accept other things because. Uh, because they have to. I mean, it's they're sitting next to you in class. You're eating lunch with them. Um, when you go to the football game, you're standing next to those kids. There's not an option to avoid the diversity. And, right. uh, you know, I feel, and obviously I'm very biased because of my position, but uh, I feel like our kids really treat each other well. And uh, it's um, it, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And Coach, let's get right into your program. Last year, you had an unbelievable program with uh, two excellent players and so forth. I guess that went one went on the Louisville, and I forget where the other one went. Um, tell tell us about your season last year and how you kind of built that. I don't know if it was a culmination of many years with the same group, but talk about your team last year. Actually, the the formation of that. I'm even going to go back one year to the the t- state tournament we didn't have uh, because of COVID. Um, Jack Alinga, uh, who is going to Texas is a young lady that had open enrolled, uh, wanted to be over here after her freshman year at a different uh, building. So she came in as a sophomore. And what we looked at with our personnel was um, we had some, uh, obviously she's a very unique player. Uh, We knew that our junior class was pretty good and they were gonna play a lot of minutes. Um, You know, Sydney, who's down at Louisville at 6'5", we knew she had an upside, but she hadn't really she hadn't showed that she was a basketball player yet. She was kind of that combo kid. Right. And we had some freshman kids that were like, you know what? They're, they're on the verge. They could be in the mix. And we went into that summer, you know, with a big plan of, you know what? Let's get these kids to hang around and get better. Uh, we don't care how many we win or lose because in South Dakota, there's only 16 teams in our class. 
And so basically we said, you know what, we always, um, and I've done it for years. I said, we just want to get better. Everything from day one until Valentine's day is practice. Right. And we were hoping with that young team, you know what, get better, improve, um, get into that state tournament and have a good taste of it. And then knew that we were going to bring back just about everybody the following year. So, uh, you know, that season before we, um, we had a hiccup in the middle of January, we dropped five straight. And then all of a sudden we kind of got on a roll and, uh, the second half of our season, we had lost two games to the number one and the number two team, you know, in their gyms and both games, you know, middle of the fourth quarter, we're still in them. So we've got this young group of kids starting to feel good. And we're like, boy, this is going to work out. And then all of a sudden, uh, March 13th hit and, uh, no state tournament. So, right. Uh, you know, what a unique thing for a group of kids to come back because we had built everything up on just get better for the end. And then there was no end. Um, you know, then we went through our COVID protocols where the kids could come in the gym, but it was eight kids and eight basketballs. They couldn't pass to each other, you know, dribbling and doing things individually. Right. Um, but what was awesome is they took that on and uh, to see high school kids that focused on little stuff uh, because it was a little bit of a bad taste. You know what? We didn't get a chance. Right. And now this is our last chance. And uh, you know, last year we, we were trying to figure things out and get into it. And we dropped a two, two games right out of uh, right after Christmas. But then there was a ball game where I looked at my coach uh, and we, we turned our defense upside down last year to fit our unique uh, athletic athleticism. And all of a sudden there's a game where I looked at coach Tobin and I was like, they're getting it. And it was just from there, we just went on a run and uh, I don't know how many in a row it was, but it took us all the way through that state championship on a Saturday night. And, uh, you know, it was a fantastic year. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys, I'm definitely want to hear about your defense and so forth. Um, but um it sounds like you guys had an edge, right? I, I think it's important that you guys come in. It's hard to teach that with kids because I heard yesterday about success. It's harder if you have a lot of success to kind of keep that edge. I think somebody was talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers saying, boy, they're just not the same team this year. They just they don't have that edge. Is that true, you think, sometimes when you just feel like you guys were kind of pushing it, you really wanted to get there, you weren't coming off a championship, it sounded like you guys had a little edge to you. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the best part of it was, um, and it fits into that ball game that I was telling you about when they quit worrying about winning and started worrying about, you know, next possession. And there was a stretch. Um, I, I don't know if that team scored against us in the first quarter. <laughs> I think at halftime, it was like, you know, 48 to six or something. And, our kids didn't even know what the score was or care. It was just every pass, every possession, every, um, you know, and once, once they got to that point of, you know, it's, it's not about, well, are we going to beat them good or bad? Are we going to do this when it was such a small thing that it was, all right, I'm going to steal this next one. I'm going to get the next one. I'm going to get the next one. Uh, that's, that's when it, that's when it happened. And I'd like to say we did something special, but uh, we just had a special group of kids that, you know, jumped in and got after it. Yeah. And it's, it's all about the process, right? Cause a lot of people talk about that's kind of a cliche, but it's so true, man. Just trying to get better. Um, trying to get, just trying to that growth process and so forth. It sounds like that really helped you guys. Next part of your system is uh, versatility and flexibility trying to uh, in your program from year to year. For me, I'm a system guy. I like running the same stuff, but adjusting it every year. Uh, how do you guys do it? You know, a lot of this goes back to my experiences at the small schools. Um, I start out every year and I said, all right, what are we really good at? And, you know, how, how can we do that a lot? And um, so we have, you know, if you would go back and look at my teams, even just the eight years I've been at Washington, there was a year where we were a power team. We were running high, low motion and uh, throwing the ball over the top. Um, you know, last year we had a six, five kid. So we were a lot of four out, one in, but she actually moved, you know, played better moving instead of wrestling with kids. So we moved her around. 
Um, I haven't, there's been years where we've played uh, straight two, three zone and we just dare you to shoot it and try to rebound it. And last year we, uh, every time the ball hit the floor, we wanted somebody on a hip and we extended it. We tried to speed you up and tried to do some things. So we just, um, you know, coach Tobin and I, like I said, it's, it's been awesome to develop with him. Um, he's always like, well, what are we doing on offense? And I said, well, on offense, we're going to pass it to the good kid. You know, we need to figure out and as silly and as simple as that sounds, that's always our focus. You know, who's, who's our best kid and let's make sure that we do something about that. And defensively, um, we're going to guard the good kids. You know, if uh, sometimes kids get so caught up in the rule of, well, I thought this was a short slide or I thought this was a bump or this was a hard trap or a, and I said, well, if we're not going to guard the good kid, it doesn't matter all that other stuff. You got to, you know, just narrow it down to that simple, simple concept. Yeah, I think Coach Tobin was talking to me about, I guess what you guys did last year or I guess last year was you really pressured the ball and you forced her into your big. Is that is that how you guys did that? Yeah. In fact, what happened was uh, I mentioned Sydney Shetman, who's, a, who's at Louisville now. Um, her sophomore year, we could tell she was a decent player, but her junior year all of a sudden comes out and she blocked. I think she averaged three or four block shots a game. And that was something we didn't anticipate. So, you know, again, what we did that next summer is I said, you know, what are we really good at? What are we something that nobody else can do? I said, well, if she can block four or five shots a game and change three or four more, <laughs> For sure. you know, we take advantage of that. And what we turned it into was, uh, you know, when you're bringing the ball up the floor, we tried to cut the floor in half. We didn't care which side. And then um, once that ball gets down on the wing or down in the corner, we just tried to shove you as far as we could towards that baseline and then basically said you know what uh, go ahead you know put the ball on the floor because we're going to have someone on your hip being aggressive and once you get there good luck making a you know a decision to kind of describe a little bit about how you teach uh do you guys put a little half court pressure full court pressure um or i guess last year you stayed pretty much quarter court how, well, Teach us a little bit more about your system, about your zone system. Um, you know, the big thing, the reason that we've stuck with zone, and this is because of something that as a coach that I used to exploit offensively, um, anytime somebody would have a big, I'd just ball screen them and bring them away from the rim. Right. And, you know, however, and everybody's got a million different ball screen actions, you know, how you can get to them there. Sure. So, um, what I decided once I got here is, you know what, if I've got bigs, I want my bigs to guard the rim, but I don't like the traditional zone of stand and let people find gaps. So we've kind of developed our own, uh, some simple rules and it's, it becomes more of a matchup, a man to man type, uh, defense. Um, I would say our base that we teach out of is a two, three. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some of the simple rules when the ball is in the high post, um, we, cover that with our with our big now if we know that somebody's putting an athlete at the high post and they're hiding their big in the short corner then we just tell those kids to flip it you know almost like a man-to-man -man. um the two things that have stuck that have been the best to help teach it to our kids uh, number one as we tell them when you're guarding the basketball you are guarding the ball but you are also guarding the skip pass you need to apply enough pressure that they can't throw the skip because I'm bringing my skip defender all the way to the nail. And, you know, I don't know why that wording stuck with them, but I said, you're in charge of the skip pass. If you're going to sit place off and they're going to skip it, we're dead. And that was something that our kids, like I said, it stuck and it's been really helpful. Um, another small rule that we gave them, and this is for our kid on the backside of the zone is, is we count offensive players. And I said, if you're on the back and there's no one there, you got to go. Because against a zone, everybody has that action where you uh, you bring your backside kid underneath and put him in the short corner. And then there's that confusion on who's covering what and where that fits. Well, we just tell our kids, if there's no one on the back, you got to chase that kid. Right. And, you know, it becomes, for lack of a better word, it becomes man to man. But it still gives us that freedom of leaving the big kid by the rim to rebound and challenge shots and uh, do some of those types of things. Yeah, I love that. I mean, uh, and I, I love that teaching point. I can't throw the skip pass. 
I don't think a lot of coaches teach that. I mean, um, that really that, that really is a good picture for the kids, right, on teaching them that concept of, of strong ball pressure. Yeah, and, and that's what, uh, you know, what I've – I try to be as simple as possible and as, uh, you know, just really with the girls and the same thing, you know, defensively um, in the beginning of the year, the kids won't understand our matchup and we'll make some mistakes and they'll say, what about this? What about that? And I always come back to, I said, well, who's the good kid? Well, her, you got to guard her and then we'll adjust. And uh, there was another time last year when I knew our, our sophomore kids were starting to get it. Uh, we're playing against a really outstanding team, uh, Sioux Falls O'Gorman. And there was a rotation where they were swinging the ball, going to get a good look. And my kid uh, ran right past an open kid at the high post because she knew the All-Stater was standing at the top of the key. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't teach that. You know, you're, you're leaving the high post open, but just that little rule of, hey, guard the good kid. So she ran at the good kid and then – our second rotation, which may be a little bit slower, you can pick up the secondary or the third, you know, option in the offense, but you got to run at the good kid and then cover it up. So with that, and we, we love that philosophy too. We like, we love the, the deny. So we really, we do a lot of hard denial. We call it icing um, the best player. I mean, we're really, I mean, we're, we're face guarding. We're doing whatever we can because at our level coach, if you take out the best player, there's really not a lot of teams that have a second and third option. Um, well, we're at a big school, though. So, I mean, there are, but usually if you take out their best score, teams usually panic. Is that is that your purpose? Oh, absolutely. In fact, going back to the smaller schools, um, we used to play a lot of junk defense, too. A right. lot of box and ones, triangle and two. And just for that reason, you know what? If I can take away your best option, um, you know, some coaches don't have a second option. You know, they don't have the talent or, you know, sometimes not even the knowledge. You know, we don't have um, uh, we don't have as many experienced coaches as we used to in the past, just the way that we're running people in and out of the business. But, uh, yeah, like you said, if you if you can take away option one, I want to figure out how good your option two is. And then if I need to adjust, I'll do that. But, yeah, don't don't let them beat you with their best kid doing their best stuff. Yeah, and we're we're big on the point guard too because we what we do is we we're small coach we don't have big big players so I mean we're pressuring you from I mean as soon as you walk in the door I mean we're right in your grill and so forth and we're really pressuring you um, so we really love to take out the the other team's point guard the main ball handler because we don't want you to set up your offense um, and it's just a psychological ploy that we use um, and our kids are blue collar hardworking kids and they love playing that style. So every, every place is different, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And kids, you know what? Kids want to play fast. Yeah. And, uh, that's why, you know, we have the shot clock, which, uh, you know, eliminates some of that stalling type stuff. And, um, you know, when, when you take your kids to the gym, nobody wants to walk up the floor and call a play. So, exactly. You know, give them, give them a little bit of that freedom. And, you know, our rule is uh, fast but not frantic. I'll let you play as fast as you can play without throwing the ball away. And, uh, you know, if if you can handle it, then we'll go faster than that. But we always it's always fast but not frantic. Yeah, with control, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's a great point, Coach. And I want to go right into your offensive philosophy. I'm going to kind of pick your brain on really kind of your entire system, the great notes that you shared with me. Um, you talk about three main things. Kind of explain that. Uh, you know, the first thing is, is that we, um, again, it, it sounds silly and some people think I'm being sarcastic, but, uh, you know, pass it to the good kid. And, you know, how, how are we going to do that? You know, we have, uh, you know, I'm kind of anticipating, you know, Jack Alinga is a unique talent that we have right now. Um, we haven't run ball screens in eight years. We might run more ball screens because we have kids that are good at that right now. Right. Um, but when we go into a ball game, I was just talking with another young coach who I'm kind of mentoring a little bit. I said, when we go into a ball game, we always have a rule about, we have three things that you can run live ball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I have to rep those out, whatever it is, but when we walk in the gym tomorrow, there's three things that you can run live ball. Um, then, we also will have, uh, I shrink this a lot too. We're only going to do three out of bounds plays. 
In fact, in the state tournament last year, we were just kind of sloppy with out of bounds plays. So when we, when we got in, I said, you know what, we're running one play. This is the only one we're running all weekend. So don't get confused. Don't forget it. You know, we're, <laughs> we're running this every single right. time. And I would rather have you do that correctly than three of them subpar and give away a possession. Uh, and then the other thing that we do is um, we'll give you something that we practice the day before. Maybe we know that somebody's going to play a little half court trap or we know that they're going to switch ball screens or something. I'll have one, maybe two with an experienced team. I'll say, all right, these are things that we can run after a timeout. You don't have to memorize these. We're going to rep them just enough that I can call a timeout. I can put it on the board. And, you know, we shrink it because I've coached with other coaches. Uh, great coach. At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish Home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021. It's nothing that they're doing wrong, but if I'm sitting next to the coach and I don't know what play he's calling, there's no way that a bunch of teenagers are going to have any clue what they're doing and execute it correctly. Less is better. Right, Jamie. I mean, and I guess, I, you know, both of us have been coaching a long time. Less is better. Um, and I think less control is better on that. You want your players thinking on the court. Is that your philosophy as well? I mean, you don't want to be up, you know, calling number. I mean, there's times to call sets, but you want your players to play through stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, you want to, uh, if you want to play fast, sometimes you got to sit down and, and let them play. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I call it being a football coach. You can't you can't send in a play every single trip. And, um, you know, I used to do that as a young coach because I didn't know any better. And what I found out was when I would get somebody good on my schedule, we couldn't run any of it anyway, because you had picked apart my stuff. Um, you know, and, you know, as a coach, we all know, even when you run a play, you're trying to hide one kid's weakness. You know, whether that's put a kid who can't shoot it in the corner or a, you know, there's somebody out there that you're hiding. Well, good coaches know what that is and they just bring extra help. They take your stuff away. And, you know, so at some point you got to teach them how to play instead of how to run a bunch of plays. Yeah. Talk about this year. How are you going to run? Give us, give us like a a piece of your action. Well, how are you going to run with your best player? What are you going to do again with her on that? Kind of describe that to us. Well, the first thing is our, our offense will be very different than what we did last year. You know, sending, a, uh, sending our post kid out. Um, the post kid who's behind her is actually maybe one of our best shooters. So we're going to kind of invert some things a little bit. Um, what we are tinkering with right now, and again, I say tinkering because we, uh, we change our stuff every year. We start over mm-hmm. brand new. And if there's something mm-hmm. good that you've used before, use it again. Sure. But we never we never pick up the the notebook and say, all right, here's our stuff. Um, we've got a lot of length on our perimeter kids. I've got uh, twin girls that are juniors that are five uh, ten, maybe even five eleven that can play a long wing. 
Uh, Jack Alinga is a six, two wing. She can play spots one through five. Right. Uh, my post is about a six footer and she's more of a jump shooter than a back to the basket kid. So we're going to right now, what we're in is I call it a dice set, a two, one, two with the high posts and uh, on reversals, we're going to try to uh, shuffle cut our perimeters through the lane. We're going to try to find your small kid and get a big kid down there. Um, I'm going to try to have my big kid screen a perimeter in and then step out. So if their big has to help, um, you can, you know, she can step out and shoot that ball. Um, we're going to, you know, along with that shuffle, I love flex screens, but I don't like the flex. Right. But we'll flex some kids across. And then I also feel like, uh, after you send a kid through the lane, you can chase into a ball screen. You know, in my mind, the best thing about a ball screen is when you can get there without a defense. So am I going to screen my screener or am I going to screen a kid in that you have to help off of, but get there without a defender and then you can get downhill and you take away the, uh, the hard hedge, the traps, the ice and all that other type of stuff because they have to be actively guarding movement. So uh, I'm thinking two one two. You have a girl at the high post. Is your best player at the high post? Where's your best player in that? Um, that's what we're messing with right now as well. <laughs> and, and people, I'm sure all the, all the schools, man. I got I got to listen. I got to listen to the podcast, man. Get, <laughs> get the scouting report. <laughs> yep. No, we right now um, what we messed around with a little bit in the summer, and uh, we can't coach our kids from uh, August one until tryouts. You know, we can open the gym and uh, high five them and ask them how they're doing, but we can't do anything that would be considered coaching uh, during this off season. But what we tried with the summer is, uh, you know, we had our perimeter kids. We, we put my post kid at the high post. And the concept there was when we screen a kid through, now we can free her up and make their big come out. Right. Um, the other thought we've had is I have another kid who's just a tremendous athlete, uh, track star. Uh, we've thought about, you know, as soon as we get the ball, just running her right down the middle of the floor and seeing if we can throw it over the top and then letting her start that screening action. You know, she could be in that uh, eight foot range, like at the bottom of the circle and then send somebody through and then step back out and play some perimeter. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, we I'm a conceptual coach. So, I mean, you know, we teach pass cut. We teach, um, you know, what we call we call paint the great, which is get into the paint, kick it out for a great three-point shot. Our concepts are so simple, coach, but we love the space, spread the floor, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we have all guards. You know, I'm a guard. So, you know, if I ever got some good bigs, I don't know what I would do. But, um I think it's simple, simple is better. And aren't you surprised though, how smart kids really are, particularly girls. Sometimes we don't, I don't think we, we give our kids enough credit on the things that we teach them. Yeah, I would agree with that too. In fact, uh, when you're talking about shooting all the threes, um, I'll go back to my year in Vermilion. I had an all state point guard and then I had another really good athlete and and a shooter you know we didn't have a post like i have now and we basically ran a uh it was a down screen cross screen but we just called it chase and if you were a post anytime you passed it to one of the good kids you chased them okay and yeah so we would end up with a lot of pick and pop a lot of uh you know get to the you know like you said get to the paint and kick it out for a great three and that group of kids i think at the end of the year we averaged I think it was eight or nine made threes a night, but you know, we were cranking them up there like crazy too. So <laughs> I love it. Let's see some video on that coach, man. That's my, that's my type of system. I love the word chase because we, we use some ball screens. I, I, that's a great term. We, we teach sprint into the screen uh, a lot when that's a hard skill because yes, you have to sprint into the pick, get to the, get to the shoulder, but you can't move. You know, you gotta be it's it's hard for girls on that uh hard for anybody okay let's get into the next concept competitive matrix um anson dorrance um i think you mentioned uh, the coach at university of south dakota as well uh talk about your competitive matrix 
you know, this was something that, uh, that I stumbled across and we love it. Um, we've, we've changed it. We've tweaked it. Um, we've even done some things that we've kind of passed on to our younger kids, but Ants and Dorrance, uh, the book is a uh, vision of a champion. Right. Great and, book. Um, oh, it's outstanding. And I think the best <laughs> part for me is because it wasn't basketball based. It made me think about basketball. You know, you could take his concepts and now I've got to figure out a way to make it practical where if, if a basketball coach had written that, I probably would have just copied their drills and wouldn't have as much invested in it. Right. But um, what we came up with and our kids liked it too, is um, we have five drills that we do. And then we, uh, we scale, we try to scale them so that a perfect score would give you 10 points. And my example is we would do the mic and drill for 30 seconds. And one of our best scores was 20. So all of your mic and gets divided by two because that would give you a 10 point. And it's all on a spreadsheet. Remind me and I'll send this to you that yeah, you I love know, to see it. the numbers in and the kids, you know, it calculates, it kicks them out. Um, the other one that we do, we do 30 seconds of, we call it an X out and it's, you know, elbow drive in and shoot a layup. Yeah. Love it. Elbow drive in and shoot a layup. And, you know, one of our best scores there, I think was, a was an eight or a nine. So 30 seconds, scaled, 30, yeah, seconds. 30 seconds. Okay. So we scaled that, I think as a, as a one, you know, and again, I wanted it to be close to that 10 because we didn't want our perimeter kids to have an advantage of our big kids and bigs. Um, let's see. Now I got to jog my memory here. Uh, what is my other 30 second one? We did the X. Oh, we go elbow to elbow shooting. Okay. And with that one, you got a rebounder, two passers, so you can keep them live. And I think that one was a 15. So we, you know, counted as like a 0.75. Again, you're just trying to scale your numbers. Um, we do 12 free throws. And the reason we do 12, I got this from Don Plitzawhite at uh, University of South Dakota. If you make 10 out of 12, that's 83%. And the goal is over 80%. And it's, it's a little thing, but, you know, instead of 8 out of 10, we're trying to go 10 out of 12 or 11 out of 12. Okay. And, uh, you know, we scale those as one apiece. And then the last one we call two-minute shooting. And uh, this is something that we tweaked from a Mike Neighbors drill. You uh, start at the three-point line. Uh, well, first you get two minutes. You start at the three-point line. Uh, you dribble in. If you shoot a layup and make it, you get one. Uh, you back up to mid-range. If you make the jump shot, you get two. And then if you back up to the three-point line, if you make the three, you get plus three. And on that one, we don't go five spots. We just say, pick your spot. Pick your You're going to you know, lay up mid-range three layup mid-range three and you just come you uh continuously do that for two minutes and then like i said i think the number that we used as our base was 50 you know so we divided it by five and then it's all like i said it's all on a spreadsheet it totals up and then we sort them and you can say you know what here's the kid who won practice today and it ranks your kids um that's awesome yeah yeah make sure you send that to me coach Absolutely. <laughs> you can even charge me for that too, coach. Get a little extra. Yeah, we got yeah, you know, we need to help each other out. Um, but I love that. So what you measure is what you're gonna be good at, correct? Or yeah. In fact, that's that's where we started too, kind of going back to the pass it to the good kid and whatever. I said, what do we want our kids to be good at? So we found some really basic things and we said this is a point of emphasis. Um we were a little hesitant at first. I thought that ranking kids and putting scores up there would uh, scare kids away and would, um, you know, there's some kids who don't like that. Um, what we found out is it's not as big a deal as we thought. You know, there are still some kids who don't like that. Um, and this, this is going to sound way, it's going to sound negative. I don't mean it to sound negative, but the other determination that we made with the coaching staff is, you know what, some of the kids that didn't like that are the kids that we didn't want in the game during the last four minutes anyway. Right. And that doesn't mean they're not valuable. It doesn't mean they don't serve a purpose, but it also helped us establish, you know what, who's your, who's your competitors? Who's your killers? Who's your, uh, you know, we've got kids who will, um, when we knew we were onto something between this and we also do a lot of, uh, we've customized some green light shooting. Um, 
when kids started cheating to try to win the drill, we knew we had something because it meant enough to them that they were trying to get an advantage. They were trying to find that thing to, how can I get a leg up on you? What's my little thing? What, you know, what, when they're cheating to do it, you know, you got something that's good. Yeah. Mike neighbors. I, of course, you know, I, I studied Mike a lot. I mean, that green light shooting is a great program. Every coach should have that. Uh, he's got some great, uh, give me one drill that you guys do from his system. Um, we do the, the one that our kids really like is, uh, 99s and, uh, we modified it to make it fit, uh, practice time a little bit better. Our kids shoot for three minutes where, uh, Mike, you, I think you would shoot until you hit 99, but our kids would shoot for three minutes. If you make a three, uh, you get plus three. Okay. If you miss a three, nothing happens. If you miss two threes in a row, then you lose three. Okay. And our kids, uh, the, the thing that was fun with that one is when we first started doing it, kids were getting in the 50s, 60s. Well, all of a sudden, my post kid drops a 75. Oh, she's lucky. She's lucky. That'll never happen again. Well, next week, we have three kids bust 70. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, about a, two or three weeks later, all of a sudden, one kid drops 99 under three minutes. And then I have three more kids in the same day get to 90 you know it's just that once you break the ceiling like the four minute mile oh somebody can do that i guess i'll get dialed in and it's it's fun to watch when that happens yeah it's subjective data right is that simple on that it's a lot of times basketball can be subjective can be the eye test man you need that data particularly when when kids are questioning about their playing time uh hey it is what it is tell me what you do though with intangible things like communication um, leadership. Those are the, those are the things that I try to measure every single day and give them wins or losses. How do you do it? You know, that's something that we always talk about and, uh, we haven't found a way to market or measure it. Uh, <laughs> I think w what we basically do is, uh, you know, I, I tell my coaches every day, Hey, you better, when you see something, say something, you know, Hey, you did a really nice job with that. Hey, you did a, um, you know, because the other thing I feel with the girls and it's again, I, I'll go back to what we talked about with the matrix thing. Sometimes they don't like that compliment in front of the other kids. You know, it's the um, and I don't know, it drives me crazy. Like it shouldn't be a big deal. But, uh, you know, we try to handle that one personally. And then we also tell our kids, hey, when somebody does, you know, you got to tell them, you know, you got to use your mouth. You got to do this. You got to. Um, and we try to, you know, that, that should be an everyday thing as well. It shouldn't be a, Hey, you did a really nice job today. You know, where you been for the last week? Um, you know, who's going to talk, who's going to high five, who's going to, you know, when we, uh, somebody goes down on the floor, we've got the rule, like everybody else, you know what, there better be four hands over there picking them up. Sure. Um, you know, kids on the bench, if you're not going to clap your hands and, uh, be a good teammate, then, I'll find a different kid to put on the bench. You know, it's, it's an expectation. Be a good teammate. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's funny you say that I run a lot of camps cause we try to build our feeder program up and um, you know, we, we were teaching yesterday. We have, um, you know, we have what we call team success criteria and we pick out one thing yesterday at the camp with all my little third, fourth, and fifth graders, it's high fives. You know, are you, are you cheering other people on? Um, and that was our whole, I mean, everybody, it's surprising when you emphasize something like you're doing, kids will do it. Um, and I little, you know, little kids out there high five and after good plays and so forth, we need to do that more as coaches, right? Cause sometimes we're so caught up in the X's and O's and the, really the fundamental part. Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, with the simplicity, something that we say all over and over again is be a good teammate. You know, right. how can you be a good teammate? And uh, what was really fun was uh, I was watching uh, some of our freshmen play volleyball the other night. And uh, as they're playing, one of the kids, uh, we've got twins in the freshman class as well. One of them goes up and makes a block. And there was a timeout and her sister comes over and almost shoves her over with the, you know, it looked like two football players after a touchdown, just gives her sister a giant shove and gets <laughs> after her. And then it was, you know, just energy just exploded. And it's awesome. You know, we didn't coach that, but 
we point that out. Hey, that's what a good teammate does. You should be excited for what that kid just did. It shouldn't be about you. You know, we, uh, we're trying to accomplish something. It's not you trying to get yours. It's us trying to get ours. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and I'm sure you do the same. We try to point out um, on video, not just what's going on in the court, but what's going off the court. You mentioned about the bench and the clapping. Hey, we videotape that. I know you guys do the same thing, man. Yep. You guys will see it. Those are little things, particularly with, I think, with females. I think that's so important and so forth that everybody's engaged. Um, I actually think it's easier with sometimes with the, with females. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? Oh yeah. I think, uh, I think with the girl, the, the females, you do have a lot more of that. It's uh, it's, I don't know if I want to say that it's built in, but there's a lot more com camaraderie to that with, um, right. you know, we, I always use the word we, you know, we, we are going to do this. We are going to do that. And, uh, you know, that's the expectation from our girls too. Um, it's all about we, it's about us. It's about, um, you know, I used to Sioux Falls is a little different, but in the smaller schools, um, my lettering policy was, uh, if you played half of the quarters of basketball that we played that year, um, if you, you know, successfully completed your senior season, but then the last one I always added was if you are on a state tournament basketball squad, everybody gets a letter. And, you know, that's those rough days at the end of January, middle of February, when it's not fun because you're not seeing as many shots and doing whatever. There was still that carrot dangling out there. Well, hey, if yeah. we make the state tournament, I get a letter. I love and, that. You know, the focus was on the team instead of, you know, just me and my my little world. You know, if we make the state tournament, I get a letter. That's something that we get to do together. That's a great point. It's almost like having your team stats instead of your individual stats up on the wall. Because uh, I know I used to do individual stats, man. I created all sorts of issues. Um, hey, before you go, I want you to go into your, how do you promote your program? I love the promotional part of, of your program. Let's start with the championship bill. Um, you know, that was another thing that we stole from Coach Neighbors as well. Um, it started out with a uh, we had a leather weightlifting belt and we just put our logo on there and we started out just doing it um, after, you know, once a week after practice, Hey, who did a great job? Who gets to wear the belt? And at that point, the kids were kind of a little bit in a little bit out. <laughs> and um, Then Jeff Tobin came on staff and without really giving me a clue on that, he was going to do this. He found a place online for 200 bucks where they, customized it had our logo it had our sayings it was orange you know warrior orange um send that to me coach come on get it send that to me oh yeah and then it, i mean then it became a big deal and now yeah. what we've gone with if anybody flips through our social media uh instagram or twitter or facebook um after every game we take a picture of the kid with the belt and the kids have taken the belt home um Sydney's uh, grandfather coached Washington high school boys several years ago. So we got a picture of grandpa with the belt. Um, our kids that come to summer camp want to have a picture with the belt. You know, it's, it's a big deal. It's, it's something that's fun and brings some energy. Um, another one that we did is uh, when we went green light shooting, we were trying to think of a thing that would, you know, what would get this green light shooting off to a good start. And then at that point, my freshman coach, kind of the same thing, had the idea, uh, found a place that would, uh, make a, it's a money chain. It's a great big, heavy chain, you know, kind of like the guys, uh, at Miami and the football guys have, and it's a giant, you know, diamond bedazzled, uh, dollar sign with our logo right in the middle. So we would do our green light shooting and whoever, uh, you know, won on the day, you get a picture with the chain. You're our, you're our money shooter for the day, money shooter for the week. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Same thing. The little kids. Uh, we had one day at basketball camp. And I actually want to share this to our kids because I'm so proud of our athletes. Um, one of the things that we say when we have our kids basketball camp about four years ago, every time a kid did something good, I said, listen, tell them what they did and then give them a juice box. And I said, the most important thing, though, is you got to tell them what they did. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Well, I had parents call me about three weeks after camp and said, hey, we were on vacation during camp. We came home. 
uh, you know, three or four days after camp had already been done. And my daughter saved a juice box in the fridge and had to tell me why she won it. And uh, I said, I said, that's what you guys did. You sold it. You did a great job with that. And, uh, you know, now at our camp, it's kind of the same thing that everybody wants their picture with the championship belt or the money chain. So we tell our kids when all these little guys come to camp, tell them what they did. Don't say, hey, you know, go get a prize. You know, you dove on the floor. I really like that. You know, go get your picture taken with the belt. Uh, yeah. You high five 10 kids. Go get your picture taken with the money chain. You know, give them a reason and then it carries over, we hope. Yeah, I love that. Hey, if you, whatever you have on that, please, because I, I definitely want to share that. And I want to steal some ideas from you, Coach. On that. I'm a thief. So oh, I steal I, a lot of stuff, man. I love that. Please send me some, some pictures of that as well. Um, you talk a lot about your newsletter. Do you send out a newsletter to your parents or the community? Um, you know, that was something that uh, Jeff started as well. He just thought it would be fun coming from the college where he had played a little bit. He's like, you know, we we still he still gets stuff from the boosters. So he's like, what could we do? So it started out with um, he puts together. It's just a little two page newsletter with pictures of the kids, has some things on how the season's going. And uh, we basically have reached out to our alumni. Hey, who uh, who's interested in the newsletter? And uh, so we send it to alumni. We also uh, take a picture of it and then put it out on all of our social media so that if there's anybody out there who, you know, wants to zoom in and they can see the, the picture of it. And then we've had people reach out also, hey, can I get on your newsletter list? And, um, you know, again, it's not there's nothing really fancy about it. Um, there's usually something about our varsity team. There's something about our lower levels. We do a little spotlight on one of the seniors. You know, what's your favorite uh, movie? Um, what are you going to do when you graduate type stuff? But it's just another really cool way to um, to keep people involved, to get your community excited. And, um, you know, now that we're past COVID, people are so excited. You know, hey, when's the home games? When's uh, When is this happening? When can we get back in the gym and see that and be a part of that? You know, I, I love that. Again, if you have copies of that, now is that all, all digital? It's not paper, right? All digital, send it out through email? Yep, all digital. And then we print one copy and we stick it on our bullet board so the kids walking by in the hallway can see it. But You are connecting with people. Yep. And I, I love that. Uh, one thing that my assistant coach, see, I, I'm old. So my assistant coach is young. She, she uh, graduated from communications and marketing uh, at, at a college. She's very smart. She has a great idea. She actually created for our camp is an all access pass. Um, what it is, is for games, uh, they win an award at camp. They get invited to um, be behind the scenes at one of our games. They get to pick one of the games out. We actually, she made actually a ticket. It looks just like a game pass. It's like going to NASCAR, you know, yeah. um, and the kids love that. Hey, uh, hey, can I get an all access pass? That's what you want. You want kids eager to be part of the Warrior program. Of course, we're the Warriors too, Coach. That's <laughs> right. I, I remember that now. That's right. Um, but those things are important like that. I love that. Uh, I love your ideas. Coach, talk about social media, um, the good and the bad. Um, there's a lot of bad out there. <laughs> um, the, the things that we, you know, the main ones that we use right now, um, Facebook, is something that we uh, keep, and that seems to reach uh, my generation, the uh, the forty plusers. So moms and dads. In fact, um, when we do uh, basketball camp every day, we'll post about fifty pictures from camp, and we'll get likes and hearts, and and then we tell those kids, hey, you know, share that with grandpa, share that with grandma, shoot that out there. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we try to sell our kids on is when you send out something like that, we have a little hashtag and it's just, I am a warrior, capital I, capital A, capital W. And, you know, again, that's building in, you know, this is who we are and this is how we treat people and this is how we act. But uh, Facebook um, is, you know, where we share a lot of our pictures and those types of things. Um, Twitter, we will uh, send a lot of things out. We try to overlap with all of our other athletic programs too, where we will retweet and, uh, and hashtag their stuff. Um, Instagram is the one that the kids are using the most right now. So uh, we try to stay active on there. 
And then something that we use that, that I really like, we use what's called band. And band is a, for lack of a better word, it's almost like a private Facebook group. And the, what I really like about that is what we share on there is with our community of moms, dads, grandpas, grandmas, uh, middle school kids, middle school coaches, you know, whoever it happens to be. And in that environment, there's no negative. You know, the only thing is, is, um, you know, somebody's mom posts, hey, the girls were playing softball, you know, did a great job at the tournament. And then everybody gives them a thumbs up. Um, you know, the volleyball team's playing at home on Friday and everybody gives a thumbs up. So band is a, um, within our circle, especially where we try to reach our younger kids, um, you can eliminate all the negative part of that social media and make that little private uh, entity and, you know, share your stuff. Here's what's going on. Here's, uh, here's what we're doing. Here's, and then we share our open gyms on there, our camps, pictures, and all that type of stuff on there as well. Yeah, that's great, Coach. I know you got to go. I know your time is up. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out uh, during your day in front of your lockers. I love it, Coach. Man, perfect. That's a perfect, as a, again, like a press conference here. Uh, but I, I, I learned so much. I appreciate you sharing the Lady Warrior way at Sioux Falls, Washington High School, and I wish you the best. Um, please, if you could, send me a, uh, as much as you're about your program as possible. I'm definitely going to share it with the country and so forth. So, But thank you for coming on, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me. I've already uh, I've stolen about 10 or 15 ideas from you guys uh, listening to podcasts over the last month as well. So, uh, just so I owe you. Absolutely. And how can people reach you? I know a lot of coaches like to reach out. How can we reach you? Uh, best way to reach me is at my school email. And that is uh, J-A-M-I-E dot P-A-R-I-S-H at K-12 dot S-D dot U-S. That's great. Coach, thank you so much. I wish you the best. And, uh, hey, I guess get back to class, right? Or you're yeah, done. We, we got, we're playing softball. It's still nice enough to be outside in gym class. That's right. Yeah, I guess you're limited in South Dakota there. I guess you have a window of opportunity to hit the ball outside, right? Yeah, we, we might be down to about a two or three week window right now. It's, it's <laughs> That's right. All right. Thank you, Coach, man. I appreciate it. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stance like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. Hi, this is Matt from Court Cart. The Court Cart is a great way to store your basketballs and is handy at practice. You can lock up 24 men's or 30 women's basketballs with our zippered top. The cart is sturdy and easy to go around the court. The cart is $2.69 with free shipping. The court board is a whiteboard that attaches to the cart so you can draw plays up on the court. The Court Cart Court Board Package is $5.28 with free shipping. You can find out more information on CourtCart.com. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential.
Hey coaches, this is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division I, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. And if you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning.